श्री गौरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय श्री श्री राज गोपाल की जाय गौ नित्यनंद की जाय गौराधा माधव की जाय गौ भक्त वृंद की जाय गौर प्रेमानंदे बोल हरि बोल गुड मॉर्निंग कृष्ण जन्माष्टमी के जाय रिकॉर्डिंग So we gathered on the morning of Krishna Janmashtami, and in conjunction with our talk this morning, we're going to give the mantra diksha to two of our students who received Harinam a few years ago, right? Three years ago, two, three years ago, something like that. Madan Mohan and Mohini, and. So, given that, I'm going to speak a little bit about the nature of the Diksha Mantra that um, is central to our Sampradaya. And as we know, and I'm going to reiterate this a little bit, we talked about it, it means to say, a few days earlier, the Krishna Janamastami is sometimes metaphorically uh, compared to the imparting on the part of the guru to the disciple, the diksha mantra, diksha or initiation, to impart, transmit uh, spiritual knowledge in a, in a uh, concise form, the form of a mantra, which is then, of course, expanded upon through the, you might say, um, watering of many instructions. Um, there are some initial instructions to be given along with the mantra. And uh, so for an, well, for an explanation of the mantra, we'll turn to Gopaltapanishuti, where the mantra is revealed. But uh, before entering into those pages there, um, let us reiterate a little bit on how it is seen sometimes uh, described by our acharyas that uh, Janamastami uh, should be or could be looked at as uh, in a narrative, in a story form, in a poem, hmm, a um, way of talking about initiation. So we know that the uh, um, the father and mother of Krishna in uh, Mathura are named Vasudev and Devaki. And they are the famous mother and father of Krishna, the Janmastan, the place of his birth, is marked with a huge complex there that rises above um, and into the sky, beneath which in the bottom is the prison in which Devaki and Vasudev were incarcerated by the evil Kamsa hmm? and in which Krishna appeared. This is the main story um, celebrated all over the world today. There is, of course, a story inside of that, which is the, the Gaudiya story, which is uh, um, uh, to be discovered by deep and thoughtful and regular 
attendance to discussions on Srimad Bhagavatam. And this is one of the powerful angas of of uh, sadhana bhakti, hmm. Bhagavat Shravan, to hear the Bhagavatam. And in particular, Jiva Goswami has commented on that, on, on Rupa's um, listing as Bhagavat Shravan as one of the powerful angas of bhakti. Uh, among five, I should say, after describing some 60, whatever, 59 angas of bhakti, he mentions these five at the end. It's very powerful. They are sadhusanga, of course, the birth of bhakti in our life is there. Sadhusanga, um, Nam Kirtan, Bhagavat Shravan, um, Maturavas, uh, Sadhusanga, association with devotees, um, um, Nam Kirtan, way, the method to the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates, and Bhagavat Shravan, hearing the Bhagavatam, the other two. Um, Maturavas, living in Tulsi, and uh, worship of the Vigraha, right? Archa Vigraha. And um, we see that these five angas, incidentally, were the preoccupation of the Goswamis, Rupsanatan, Jiva Goswami, Raghunadas Goswami, who, amongst the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, more than anyone else, perhaps, other than, say, the Dwadasago Pauls also, about whom not as much has been written, hmm? but uh, and who aren't um, singled out in the same way, for example, at Rup Sanatan or uh, Njiva Goswami, the Vrindavan Goswamis, who were personally, Rup Sanatan in particular, instructed by Mahaprabhu and empowered by him, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, who explains Chaitanya Mahaprabhu through the kind of the lens as he's seen and as he's understood by Rupa Goswami, compares Rupa Goswami to Brahma. There's another comparison. Um, this is another way it's said in jest in Vrindavan Govindalilamrita, but um, who, Brahma, at the dawn of creation, was enlightened by Krishna. Similarly, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu enlightened. Brahma or Rupa Goswami with all the Vedic truths and uh, particularly the secrets of Vrindavan and so forth. And they commissioned Rupa Sanatana to, to write about this, to establish the places of Krishna's leelas in Vrindavan through their bhava, which they did, as we mentioned the other night, in a big way by getting the patronage of big kings who then built monuments there and temples and and uh, and so forth, uh, spending their, their treasuries on on the treasure of bhakti, as it, w- it was appearing in the hearts uh, of of such great uh, devotees, and directly empowered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I mean, Rupa Gos- Jiva Goswami, for that matter, even among them glorifies Rupa Sanatana as famous in Mathura. So it's as devotees in Mathura, it's one thing to be famous; it's another thing to be. Um, a devotee, it's another thing to be famous as a devotee, and it's still another thing to be famous as a devotee in the place of devotees of the highest order. Hmm? The, the, the mandal of Mathura, that includes the Braj, of course, the pastoral place of Krishna's uh, leelas um, that are so important to us. So, they were singled out and in, in a particular way as messengers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu 
and um, and they um, gave us a, a very Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, a very clear focus on the highest idea of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was about, what it, what, it, what what he came to do, experience, what what's the background, and so on and so forth, which uh, uh, puts such a bright light on Srimati Radhika, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, they um, are singled out as examples of sadhana. Srinivas Acharya was a Srinivas who wrote... Uh, what does he say? He says, Sankhya Purvaka Nama Gana Nati Bihi. Sankhya Purvaka, they chanted Sankhya, a prescribed number of rounds, as we ask our, our students to do, which is we're following their example. Hmm? They they did parikram around Govardhan and Braj, offering obeisances to Vaishnavas, and these type of... Uh, uh, everyday uh, features of our sadhana they exemplified, right? So they were great examples of sadhana. Many of the associates of Mahaprabhu were not examples of sadhana. They were siddhas that didn't set that much of an example as practitioners. But we get that very much from the six Goswamis, Raghunadas Goswami, Jiva Goswami, Sanatan, Rupa Goswami, Raghunadvata, Gopalvata, Kijai. Hmm? And my point is that um, they very much embraced these five angas that Rupa Goswami has cited. They lived in Mathura. They established deities. Sri Radharamanji ki jai. Sri Gurundadev ki jai. Radhamanam Mohan. Radhashamsu, who's going down another generation. But Radhagubinda, Radhagopinath. Sri Gopinda Gopinath. Madhana Mohan, right? Um, the three, three principal deities of Vrindavan. This, imagine what a huge uh, event this was, the installation of these deities and then the, subsequently the building of temples for them and, and, and so forth in Braj. We're seen by the Goswami. So there is a, the deity worship, Bhagavat Shravan. They heard the Bhagavatam, the Goswamis, very much with great relish through the lips of Raghunath Bhatta Goswami who used to sing was a pujari in the uh, Radhagovinda temple, cook. Hmm? And he liked to sing the Bhagavatam, the different melodies, and they said that the, the other Goswamis took great relish in hearing the recitation of the Bhagavatam. I was, uh, from him, I was speaking with uh, Shiman Gorasundar the other day of how I had a uh, desire for some time, I still have it, is to get some outdoor speakers. Sometimes in the United States you can walk in a park, and you're in the middle of a park in the forest, and, and there's music coming. So if you look carefully on the bush, they've got a speaker that's suitable for being outdoors in all weather and so forth, and it's connected, obviously, to a um, amplifier. And and so I wanted to do that here with long cords in different parts, especially in this kind of central area here around the temple of um, Daoji Gopal, and constantly have the kirtans and recitations of the of the scriptures and so forth. And and Gorsundar mentioned to me that that in a, early in his life, when he first heard about the Gita, hmm, the Bhagavad Gita, he um, uh, based on the literal translation, it was the song of God. So 
he thought a song about God, and everybody likes to listen to songs, so he wanted to hear the song, hmm? which is uh, uh, very interesting. Without any explanation, which is also important, valuable, and so forth, just to hear the song. That's what we think, at least in the beginning, when we chant the holy name, when we do our japa, for example, or we do kirtan. Just let me listen. There's a knowing that comes from listening to those sounds that represent that place, that echo there. Hmm? The names of Krishna, hmm? Ram, Hare, Hari, they are constantly being chanted. Hari is actually the favorite name. That's why we call it Harinam. Hmm? Hari is the favorite name of Krishna in Braj because Hari means the thief and he has stolen their hearts, right? Hmm? Um, so these these sounds are always being uttered and to understand them, to enter into them, the implication of them, to, to, to see them as non-different from Krishna requires hearing them and developing a certain attitude. We call it sometimes a service ego rather than the enjoying ego. That's why Sriman Mahaprabhu Chaitanya Dev really ordered his disciples to be, it's not a suggestion, but he ordered them to be more humble than a blade of grass. This is part of the decorum of a disciple of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, how you have to conduct yourself with uh, humility. And to use, I bring this up in light of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur's definition of humility, which was absence of the enjoying spirit. When we look at the world, and contact objects of the senses and see them as things that we can enjoy, we foster a, an identity hmm, that is illusory, that's hmm, based on that. Hmm. Um, serving the senses creates a certain identity. Uh, serving the senses of Hrishikesh, Krishna, this gives rise to another identity altogether, suitable for entering his, his leelas, right? Hmm. So when we look at the world, when we hear the world, when we, when we contact sense objects with a view to enjoy them, that, that spirit is coming from a certain identity that we have, that we're in the process of dissecting, not dissecting, but really dissolving, deconstructing and burying, right? And... Um, in the context of that, at the same time, establishing another identity, as I say, suitable. One is living only for the satisfaction of Krishna's senses. That's what goes on in the Braj. They're living only for that. They're only thinking and willing for that. They can't will otherwise. We touched on this the other day. <laughs> That's the influence of the Sarup Shakti. Here, the influence of the Maya Shakti is that we will to enjoy and rule over hmm, and uh, see things in relation to our false identity as if they are for us. So absence of the enjoying spirit in relation to things, objects of the senses, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitakura defined humility in this way. So you can see how vital it is then. Hmm? Because the enjoying spirit is what the material ego is all about and the serving spirit is, is just the opposite. Hmm? You don't have to close your eyes, you don't have to close your ears, Close your mouth, hmm, like the Mayavadis advocate, but don't do with their Mayavadi basha, 
And sunile hoi sarvanasha. That's why sunile hoi sarvanasha. You hear that discourse, everything's lost. Hmm? You're listening to people who say you shouldn't talk, but are talking. That's so. That's their philosophy, right? Hmm? Um, there's nothing out there to talk about. There's nothing out there to listen to. There's nothing out there to see. There's only Brahman, and Brahman is, you can't talk about. <laughs> can't say anything about him, right? So, of course, we, uh, we can't say enough about him. That's the difference, right? Different perspective. So, point being what? That, that this humility that Mahaprabhu mandated is very central. This is the key point, Nishta, where this, this conversion is really uh, noticeably taking place from the enjoying ego to the serving ego. This is the, the crux. Nasta prayeshu abhadreshu nityam bhagavataseva. Constant influx of the Bhagavat kata, Bhagavat shravan. Hmm. The Goswami set such a nice example. They they uh, they uh, they gathered regularly for sadhu sangha. They did nam kirtan, Krishna kirtan, agananatana panaparo. Hmm. Constantly engaged in kirtan. They did Bhagavat shravan, writing their, writing their commentaries. They lived in Mathura. They establish the deity and so forth. Hmm? But regularly hearing the Bhagavatam, in particular we're, we're, we're mentioning, a powerful anga of bhakti. Hmm? And, and uh, uh, so uh, 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 listening to the sound hmm? This is what we do in the beginning, as I mentioned. We try to listen to this. Those are, those are the sounds of that place. If we hear the sounds of that place, you can come to know something about it. So the kind of knowing. We're accustomed to thinking that by thinking and intellectualizing, we will know. We will only know by that if we have learned from that enough to, to really embrace a method of knowing that leaves that method of knowing behind. Hmm? It has its limits, in other words. Comprehensive knowing won't be arrived at by thinking about a thing, hmm? by intellectualizing about uh, at least uh, the whole truth will not be known by that. You might know the whole truth about something, maybe. Maybe. Doubtful, but maybe. But the whole truth that will be wholesome and fulfilling, that won't come by mental or intellectual exercise, but by hearing the sounds from that place. Hmm. So I like the idea where we have to have a tape or something, or whatever it's called now, MP3 or something, with the, the Gita. Just hear the Gita. Just hear it. Just hear it. Hmm. It's a fact. Just by hearing this, you'll come to a kind of knowing. Come to a, you, You'll enter into that place. If you hear it, You'll you you'll go there. Hmm? We're hearing, you're thinking about it's going, even without thinking. Hmm? It's part of the place. It's the sound representation of the place, right? Hmm? So as we got onto that by speaking about the Janmastami and the Vasudev and Devaki, and they're known uh, as the mother and father of Krishna. Just retracing here living in, 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 imprisoned, incarcerated by Kamsa. And Krishna was born in the prison, but the point we were making is that 
inside that story, of course, there's another story that if you very closely listen to the message of the Bhagavatam as recited by the knowers, hmm, then the inside story takes us to what what uh, Krishna in Braj, right? I'm not going to go there right now, but of course that's was what we're all uh, all about. Vasudev Krishna, born in in uh, that that's very much celebrated. One of the meanings of the word Devaki, the name Devaki, is to is to give give fame. Yashoda means the same thing, but uh, we can say Yashoda was happy to give the fame to Devaki. She's famous as the actual mother of Krishna. Yashoda is famous as the foster mother, but the secret is that Yashoda is the actual mother. And Devaki herself says this in Bhagavatam. Because what is the determination? Is it blood or is it something of substance? Affection. You might by, by blood have a son who's disobedient and the neighbor boy is very very nice, comes over and helps you in your old age and cuts your lawn and so forth. And he's, You consider him more your son than the blood son. Of course, the Godis go further with it and say, actually, he's actually born from Yashoda and she had twins and there are statements from the Tantras to this effect and uh, and other Puranas and so forth. And the Goswamis, of course, put this all together very nicely, very uh, deeply explored Srimad Bhagavatam, not by ignoring other scriptures, but looking at other scriptures in relation to the Bhagavatam and then drawing support for their Bhagavat conclusions from other texts and so on and so forth. Hmm? Um, so the story, anyway, um, um, is um, um, that Krishna was born in the prison of Vasudev to Devaki. So, relative to how this story uh, can be seen as a metaphor for Diksha, again, Vasudev, the father, Vasudev is said to be a, a is. Um, um, What is that? There's a statement in the fourth canto of the Bhagavatam hmm? by Mahadev Shiva. He says, um, Vishudam Vasudevam Sudasat Vasudev Sudham Vasudeva Sabditam Satvam Vishudham Vasudeva Sabditam Satvam Vishudham Vasudeva Sabditam. Sabda means like sound. It's said. It's been vocalized. It's, that's a reference to what? The sounds of the scripture. The scripture has sounded off about this. What is it said? Vasudeva Sabditam Sattvam Vishudham. That which is sat, Vishuddha Sattva. It's Sabditam. Its sound, its name, its name is Vasudev. Vasudev. Vasu means a number of things, but one of the things it means is light. Dev means God, so it means like the full, the light of the light of God. Hmm? Vishuddha Sattva, the pure condition, not only Shuddha Sattva, but, but Vishuddha Sattva. Hmm? There is Sattva, in this sense means existence. There's Mishra Sattva, mixed existence, where existence 
that which is exists exists ourself which is sat is mixed up together with that which is doesn't exist we're chasing after that which doesn't exist which is here today and gone tomorrow right that's so called mishra sattva a mixed existence and then there's sura sattva hmm, of which we're we're constituted a pure existence and then there's the vishuddha sattva vishuddha means like you now beyond the stillness hmm, and the peace that comes from uh, giving up the fight or winning so to speak conquering over nature by being kind hmm? kind of we say um survival of the kindest kindest hmm? is the answer to the survival of the fittest or the struggle that the bhagavatam also mentions jiva jiva sijivana one living being is food for another how to how to win in that situation how to win the bhagavatam gives a backwards answer stop trying <laughs> how to win stop trying it's only losing on the outer landscape and only winning on the inner landscape therefore go within or go without that's the fact so shiva in the fourth canto this is the story of um of um sati Sati is, is is the wife of Mahadev, Shiv, and daughter of Daksha. Right, and uh, Daksha offended Shiva, and Sati took uh, exception to that. It's quite a big uh, section of the Bhagavatam. Nice section, much to learn from that. At any rate, in the context of all of that. Shiva instructs his his young wife calm down calm down hmm. um at that time when um uh daksha offended me i was in samadhi so i couldn't respond properly to um such a way that if i had he wouldn't have offended or something like that he's explaining some So the implied question there is something to the effect well you know why were you in samadhi why weren't you doing something why weren't you paying attention or something like that or hmm? um Vasudeva uh, Shiva wasn't invited I think to the wedding ceremony who was getting married sacrifice so his wife was invited but Shiva was just absorbed in meditation so Daksha didn't send him an invitation that's one way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sati took offense and said, "Well, you know, you, you invite me, but you don't invite my husband. You don't like my husband? Are you xenophobic or something like that? He doesn't look like you. He's dressed in ashes. Got snakes around him. You got a problem with that? Something like you got a protectionist strategy here." <laughs> to give it the modern twists and um but she was very very humble and he said, "Well, I was in samadhi, so, you know, I couldn't have answered anyway." So she says, "Well, why were you in samadhi?" He says, "The implication is what what he says is that's not under my control. When God puts me in samadhi, I go into samadhi. It's not something I can force my way into. I always worship Bhagwan." Shiva makes a statement there. That's why this is Shiva speaking in the Bhagavatam. You want to understand Shiva? See what he says in Shrimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? 
right? Hmm? So I always worship Krishna. He's actually meditating on um, on Mahasankarshan. And when he, by his will, I go into samadhi and I see him. Darshan. Have you had darshan? You say, go for darshan. But darshan means Krishna is seeing you. He wants to see you. If he wants to see you, he can see you. If he doesn't want you to see him, there's nothing you can do to see him. On his terms only, he will be seen. On his terms only, he will be known. And these are his terms. With folded hands. Shiva has them. Vaishnavanamita Shambhu. Therefore, he's considered the greatest Vaishnav. Right? So he said, I was in Samadhi. I was in the, I was, I was in the state of Vishuddha Sattva, which is known as Vasudev. Vasudev Vasu is also a, a symbolic word for the number eight. Eight. And somehow it's connected with the 108 also. It said that Krishna is 108 fingers tall. The average person is 84 fingers tall. I think you like, take your fingers like this, and that's four, and then eight, and then, so you can measure yourself, see if you're 84. Anyway, he's 108. He's different. Astutarasata, 108. So sometimes you say Astutarasata, you know, Shri Gurudev, so forth. It means he knows the 108, all 108 inches, or fingers of Krishna. He knows. He knows them all. Therefore, we we praise him. We we listen to him. So he he's in the Vasudev state. In that state, Shudashatva. Shudashatva visheshatma premasuyamsu samyabhagupagasami says, when that Vishuddhasattva makes ingress in the form of Ladini and Sambit in a prominent way into the heart of the sadhaka, we call that Bhava. Hmm? But that doesn't mean that there's no ingress of Vishuddhasattva prior to that because the entirety of Bhakti all angas of bhakti are manifestations of the sarup shakti. Hmm? So bhakti is constituted of sarup shakti, the essence of sarup shakti. So we are in touch with the sarup shakti, hmm? another environment. Hmm? And when it becomes prominent, then then bhakti is no longer only just active with our senses, but we have emotions hmm? for Krishna that then further drive action. So actions out of emotion rather than actions out of intelligence, spiritual intelligence, guidance, and, uh, and so forth, right? So the father of Krishna is called uh, Vasudev, and Krishna is called Vasudev, the son of Vasudev, and Vasudev is that Shuddha-sattva, hmm? transcendental state. So, from Vasudev, hmm, Krishna, his father, is transferred into the womb of Devaki. Right? This is the metaphor. And Devaki, in this um, metaphor, uh, represents bhakti. So, in this world, Krishna comes into this world 
where there is bhakti. We talked about it the other night, that when the bhakti becomes very prominent in some devotees, they cannot bear the separation from Krishna any longer. And again the leela appears in this universe, prakat leela. Again it manifests and then they get entrance. They can have entrance and realize their ideal in Vatsalya Rasa, in Ramavimohan Leela. They can have entrance in during the Rasa Leela and realize their ideal in Madhurya Rasa. Other entrants are there also. <laughs> in Brahmavimohan and Sakyarasa also opportunity. Other is as well. But um so the Prakat Leela is like a portal to the Aprakat Leela, right? And it comes, Krishna says, Paritranaya Sadhudam, I come, I appear in the world, I I appear. My Janmastami is is based on um primarily my um interest in protecting my devotees. So protecting them, this came up the other day on our Sunday call, what does it mean protection? They're being protected from from separation from him. We see many devotees underwent difficulty, materially speaking, very advanced devotees. I mentioned the other day that um, that Gurangi Priya told me that she was putting together a book of all of the the things that have happened to devotees in the Bhagavatam. And if you hear start hearing a list, you go, "Oh my God, the poor guy, the poor lady, they did that happened to them." Hmm. Sometimes the Pandavas from Mahabharata are given as an example of being in material difficulty, despite being so intimate with Krishna. But there are many, many stories, and it was it was a nice idea. We'll have to get that compilation from her, and then in our, you know, first world problems, we can reflect on the troubles of. Uh, I mean, Vasudev and Devaki are a good example. They were on on her wedding day. Uh, she was uh, just 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 um, short of being being murdered by her was it brother cousin brother cousin cousin brother Kamsa hmm. and then although saved from being murdered by a re- by a close relative on your wedding day on in during the procession in the, in the middle of in the front of everybody. What could be more horrible? Well, throw him in jail. Hmm. She she begot what you know eight, went through eight pregnancies in jail. That's a long time. It's, it's at least eight years, eight or ten years, right? Hmm. Long time in jail. Hmm. Krishna's growing up in Braj. Hmm. right? Oh well, no, that's, that's a little different. So anyway, long thing. So a long time. Hmm. What, nice example. Of how devotees, you say Krishna protects us. Well, what happened to Vasudeva and Devaki? Yeah. So the protection is on another level, right? What do they want? They're not asking for material protection. They've they've entered into the whole affair knowing that's uh, that's uh, you can't protect something that that the rising and the setting of the sun every day is is taking away. Mm, that's a given. So we give up. We we give up the body to begin with. Mm. By now engaging the body that's made up of senses. In the mind, the sixth sense, in Krishna's service. That's what the sadhaka deha, when we get initiation, means we get a sadhaka deha. This body is now meant for contacting the sense objects to bring pleasure to Daujikopal. Much as we do that, we're understanding what initiation is, and we're going to get the fruits. 
It means your sadaka deha is going to become, really, no longer a badajiba deha, a body of a conditioned soul, but uh, a sadaka deha that, as it becomes purified, gives rise to a siddha deha as well. So, so Devaki, she represents the womb of Devaki, the person of Devaki represents bhakti. So Krishna is born in the world where there's bhakti, where the devotees are longing for him, and that longing cannot, they can, nothing can, else can pacify them other than his appearance. Almost before, Nothing else can pacify them other than his appearance. He cannot be pacified by anything going on in Braj, by anything other than catering to their 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 longing. Where are you going? And then they follow him. He has to go. He, he, he started the whole thing. Krishna starts it. Krishna initiates it. You're just going through your life and through some devotee. Who's representing Krishna? Bhakti comes into your life, right? The opportunity. Hmm? And the devotees make it hard for you to resist it. Hmm? So Krishna is drawn by that. Hmm? We hear the beautiful the beautiful story in in um, of Sanatan Prabhu Bhad Bhagavatamrita when Krishna uh, meets uh, Sarup Gopakumar. Oh, so many lifetimes I was there, hearing your prayers, seeing when you went door to door, begging on my, my behalf, only to have the doors slammed in your face. And still you went, and so many difficulties, again, we're back to that, that you went through on my behalf. Hmm? You don't think that has effect on me, on my tender heart? My devotees here in Brudge, what are they doing for me? Hmm? <laughs> That's what he tells him. Look at these sadhakas. What they've done. What have you done? All you nityasiddhas. Your bhakti has never even been tested. Hmm? I'm going there. Hmm? And they say, well, we're going with you. And we're going to be very generous to them. Because you care about them. Hmm? You're going to go and help them. Assist them. And show them how your world works. Hands on. Hmm? Don't, don't, don't think, oh, it's not fair. It's not like this, but some people think like, it's not fair. Some people got to be born in Goloka, and some of us were had to come here and suffer. You, know, you look at the big picture. Our position is better. Hmm? If we take the bhakti, which that opportunity for which is here and has come to us, anybody that's having this conversation and complaining has already had that opportunity, understand the opportunity at hand hmm? and what its significance is. It will bring Krishna from Goloka here. Hmm? <laughs> you're sorry that you're here. Well, Krishna will come here to be here with you hmm? and leave Goloka. Hmm? As I think Sanatana Goswami uh, made a statement of this effect in Brihad Bhagavatam, right? isn't it? And he said that Prahlad's bhakti was tested as a sadhana siddha. And the Nidja siddhas, their bhakti has never been tested. So what? So it's just a different way to look at it, right? <laughs> Everything's good. We can say we can talk the other way as well. But we, will, from our point of view, the virtues of the Nityasiddhas will exceed any virtue that we might have, which is all the blessing of Krishna. Hmm? 
But he comes here for such devotees. So Devaki's uh, uh, womb represents bhakti. So the, the Sudhasattva appears in this world where there is bhakti and where, to carry the metaphor out, to play it out further, where there is bhakti in the beginning stage, there is a healthy fear. There's a healthy fear that for a long time now, without beginning, my senses have been drawn to sense objects, and this has fostered an illusory identity hmm? that I then struggle to protect, which can't be protected. So I want my senses, this is in the early stages of bhakti, I want my senses, in my mind, the sixth sense, to be only focused on the Krishna, right? only living in the world for the pleasure of Krishna. This is what I want. But for a long time I'm habituated in another way, so it's easy for me to be distracted. So I have a healthy fear, therefore I keep close sadhu sangha. Hmm? So um, Devaki's fear, which was uh, brought on by, by Kamsa, right, who killed, what, six of her sons, she had a healthy fear. And the, the, the death of the sons is compared to the death of um, kind of like, to use the example of the serpent, taking the fangs out of the serpent of the senses. So they no longer have poison because they're only used for Krishna's service. So the, the six, well, six sons were killed, right? So five senses in the mind. That I will... That, uh, 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 the, 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 their preoccupation with sense objects for their own ment- for mentally conceived purpose we have to die to that so to speak so this is the example hmm? that I think Vishwanath Chakravitakur has uh, invoked to make a comparison to help us think in a kind of esoteric and uh, metaphorical way about Krishna Janamastami and uh, in relation to Diksha so Krishna is coming to us for the Shuddha Sattva. Some dispensation is coming in the form of the mantra. And um, and we have some work to do. Right? Be careful to protect that. Protect that seed. You don't want it to get uh, uh, distracted by bad association and so on and so forth. So, um, as such, we are talking about initiation on Janmashtami and also giving uh, Diksha to some of our sincere students. And so to the, the Gopal Tapanishuti. Hmm? As you know, I wrote a commentary on this quite some time ago. And um, uh, those who have received um, Diksha from me or those who haven't would like to, would do well to study this um, Commentary. The, the Gopal Tapani is divided into two sections, Purva and Uttar, the beginning and the last, and the entire first section is really about the Gopal Mantra. Gopal Tapani means, Tapani means shed light on, so shed light, that which sheds light on Gopal, that Upanishad that sheds light on Gopal. Hmm? So amongst the Upanishads, this is certainly the, the most Gaudiya. Upanishads, our deity being Gopal, our mantras, our main mantra is, is coming from there. At the time of Diksha, we give different mantras as well, 
And that will differ from paribar to paribar, from lineage to lineage within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. But this mantra will be given um, to everybody. Along with it, some will also give the Kam Gayatri. Along with it, some will also give the uh, the uh, Gore Mantra and the Gore Gayatri, the Krishna Mantra, or excuse me, a Guru Mantra, Guru Gayatri, maybe different. How to chant it, when, where. Um, and our Sampradaya formed the idea, the spirit, really, of Bhakti Siddhanta, of Bhakti Vinod for worldwide dissemination was given shape by Bhakti Siddhanta. So he gave a certain form. Now, some of the the form that he gave to that is very much based on the time and circumstances in which he was in. Hmm. So, just for example, in brief, um, um, he part of the, his environment at the time was that Vaishnavism was not well respected. Hmm. And Comparatively, Advaita Vedanta was more respected and the Brahminical religious representation of the Advaita mystics is the, um, what are they called? Smart Brahmins. So they had kind of a um, a, uh, a prominent influence and they would teach that Bhakti is inferior to Vaishnavism is inferior to Brahmanism. That the Brahmins were to be respected more than the Vaishnavas. The Vaishnavas there were, were the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And the status of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, as I say, was not very high in the minds of the pious and educated uh, religious Hindu public. Hmm. So the state, so, evam parampara paptam imam rajashi obhidu sakalena mahata yoga nashta parantapa. We cited this the other day in our discussion of Avatar Tattva from the fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Sometimes that Guru Parampara gets um, corrupted. The solution to which is Guru Parampara, right? You need another to come, right? So Bhakti Vinod was another who came to set things straight in Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsri Thakur. So what the Thakur did was, it would, it would seem that the climate uh, was was such that this is why Bhakti Siddhanta Bhakti Vinod said to him establish the dive of Varnashram what's the real spiritual idea of Varnashram because there was a material idea of Varnashram which posited that birth in a Brahmin family made you a Brahmin and, and Brahmin status attaining a status of a Brahmin by birth alone was a superior spiritual status to that of having received Vaishnav Diksha hmm. This is not what the Bhagavatam teaches. It's not what the Gita teaches. But Bhagavatam is very specific in this regard, the seventh canto. So and there's a, he, there was a there was a famous discussion, debate, Brahmanism versus Vaishnavism that Bhakti Sarsitakar entered into. So it's it was the climate of the times. Once at one point he was a there was an attempted assassination on his life by the Smartas. And and somehow the devotees got wind of this possibility. I think Keshav Maharaj, who looked looked similar to Bhakti Siddhanta, put on the sannyas vesh of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and they gave the white cloth to Bhakti Siddhanta in case that the attack would come, that Keshav Maharaj would be killed. That's what kind of disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta he was. Bhakti Pragan Keshav Gotsami Maharaj Kijai, Gaudi Vedanta Samiti Kijai. Um, so, such was his, you know, I was, I'm not to make any comparisons, but it comes to mind, I was, um, 
disturbed a lot of people in the public by preaching, selling books. Um, not everybody... Uh, when we used to sell books in the airport, the employees in the airport who tried to read our books and couldn't read them, didn't like them, they, they, they didn't... They didn't like the fact that we were selling to other people. They didn't realize, you know, what we were, they didn't see what we were doing, really. They thought we were just there for, you know, taking their money. We were, we were uh, some kind of a scam or something like that. Hmm. Certainly wasn't our, our thought. But, um, uh, so, what is the point? So, 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 so the preaching, so sometimes some of my God brothers complained to Prabhupada that, Jabramers and others under his auspices are selling books and the public is not always receiving this very well. So what kind of preaching is that? And Prabhupada would say, if there's no disturbance, there is no preaching. Hmm. We're not there just to make friends with people. Hmm. We're there to change people. Hmm. We're, 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 we're there to, <laughs> to, to tell them they have to change. Give them a good opportunity to do so. Hmm. Tell them they're not what they think they are. So, preaching means, he said, disturbance. He would silence everybody. He was very supportive of me, out of his kindness. So, so um, Bhaktisiddhanta was causing an earthquake to go, the tremors to go through the Gaudiya uh, Sampradaya and agitating the Varnashramis and, and so forth. So this is a little bit of the climate. And so... Um, with regard to the imparting of the mantra and how to chant it, he imparted along with the Diksha mantra also the, um, I think the the Gore mantra. I, I don't know initially. Initially, I know he gave the the, the Gopal Tapani, excuse me, the Gopal mantra and likely Kam Gayatri. There's a story to again refer to the great uh, Bhakti Pragyan Keshav Maharaj, one of the earlier initiated disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. That when he received the mantra, at that time the Thakur was not giving the Guru mantra or the Guru Gayatri, and and Keshavraj was a little disappointed that he didn't get a Guru mantra and a Guru Gayatri to chant. Such was his affection for his Guru, and Bhakti Sarsi Thakur was charmed by that. So then he began giving the Guru mantra and the Guru Gayatri as well. I speak about this in terms of the relativity of this. So if you learn these Godis over here do it like this, you're not to think they're bad, they're wrong, they're not going back to Godhead. These are details, and there are principles. Principles of the mantra should be imparted by a qualified person. It should be taken by us very seriously hmm? as a key hmm? to going there. Sound that, that, is, that corresponds with Krishna. Hmm? He, he is that sound. Hmm? We'll try to go into that a, a little bit. But he gave, then, so he would give the Guru Mantra, Guru Gayatri, Gaur Mantra, Gaur Gayatri, Krishna Mantra, Krishna Gayatri. Then he would also give the Brahma Gayatri, which was given to Brahman boys in Varnashram, and typically not given within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. In fact, those who would receive the Brahman uh, Brahma Gayatri, who were Brahman boys, or maybe they were within Varnashram and um, in other castes and received it as well, but, uh, they would take, they would stop chanting the Brahma Gayatri, and or take off the thread that they received. Hmm? This was traditional in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, hmm? w- which was a way of saying, you know, I'm leaving the path of Varnashram, now I'm entering the path of Bhakti, hmm? which is superior. 
But Bhakti Siddhanta put the threads on boys that he initiated, and he gave them the mantra for the same purpose, to make the point. His way of saying was that the, the, the Vaishnavas are more than Brahmins. So give them the thread. The people who think they're important, they've got a thread. They're, they're authorized to worship the deity, hmm? um, and so forth. And of course, the Brahma Gayatri is, Jiva Goswami has explained it in Tattva Sandarbha, in Paramatma Sandarbha, um, as well, and I think he has a, maybe a commentary on Agni Purana also, uh, maybe where it's where it's mentioned, um, and uh, he made a strong case for the uh, idea that the Brahma Gayatri, which has many interpretations, is really properly understood only about the worship of Krishna, hmm? and of course, that's what Guru Purana says, Gayatri Basirupo so. Hmm? And the uh, Jiva Goswami has cited this. What the Bhagavatam is a commentary on the Gayatri mantra. So I think we have a place for chanting it, hmm? being Bhagavatas or servants of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? So anyway, he incorporated that. So I say this because some people complain. Oh, what's this? He's giving this Brahma Gayatri that has nothing to do with. So this is not understanding the context and the innovative insights of Bhakti Siddhanta dealing with the circumstances. But we should also understand, as I say, relative to the circumstances, he developed a certain formula that may not be applicable in other circumstances within it, the same parivar, hmm? the same community. Hmm? Right? Um, but, uh, but he gave it in that way, and then he also told his disciples to chant it three times a day, which is also making kind of a parallel with the Varnashram system, where the Brahmins three times a day do the, uh, what do they call it? The, the, the Sandyamandanam. The Sandyam means the junction. Dawn is the junction between night and day. Noon, the junction between morning and afternoon. And dusk, the junction between day and night. Three times a day, the Brahmins will sit and remember what life's about at least three times a day. So you can't get going too fast. You can't just do your sadhana in the morning and forget about it. No, no, you got to remember, this is what I'm doing. I'm a sadhaka. That's who I am, above and beyond everything else that's happening. Sit and chant my mantra. And then the afternoon's coming on and evening comes. Sit and chant my, so th- chant my mantra three times a day. It slows you down, puts it in perspective. So this is the system for chanting the Brahma Gayatri for the Brahmins, and he incorporated this as um, in in terms of um, his instructions on how to chant the Diksha mantras imparted at the time of um, uh, time of initiation. So it, it doesn't go on like that in every sampradaya necessarily. Gopal mantra will often be chanted on japa beads, for example. Underneath times or more, that, that's some. That's also done in some sampradayas, but we do it in, in, in this way in particular. Mm. Um, so um, to go to go now for a moment here to the uh, to the Gopal Tapani, where the mantras revealed mm. this secret text. Esoteric text reveals the significance of the Gopal Mantra. It's a secret sound embedded in the world, right? 
those who could hear it, brought it out, shared it with us. Now, the, the Upanishad here in this case, and in other cases where other Diksha mantras are um, revealed, they're talked about often in a very kind of esoteric way that's difficult to figure out. One of the reasons for that is because it, it actually receiving it is required from a guru for it to have efficacy. You can't just read about it. Hmm? And so they sometimes it's written about in a way that's difficult, impossible to comprehend. Hmm? That's the purpose. We think, how are you going to comprehend this? You can't just by reading. Hmm? To some extent, you can by, by instructions, the overarching instruction of which will be chant it. Hmm? Take it seriously. And then knowing and understanding will come. So this is about entering into you know a whole other layer, right? That's invisible to the eyes hmm? of reality. Hmm? So there's 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 rules that go on there. There are, there's a there's a way in which it, it it works and so forth. So don't be too upset if your Gaudi Vaishnavism isn't so contemporary or whatever. You're never going to be. We try to keep up with the world and present it in a contemporary way, but what we're really presenting is another world, hmm? right? <laughs> That's what we're really, really about. So it, it, it may not always be entirely P, P, PC or whatever. Hmm. Um, so, to the Shruti. Um, the, the text of the... Um, Gopaltabhadi begins with the glorification of Krishna, Satchitananda Rupaya, whose eternal has eternal form of bliss, is the is the eternal form of bliss and knowledge. And then it enters into a narrative. And the narrative in the first part is a conversation between the Kumaras and Brahma. So some very highly qualified people. Kumaras are the sons, four sons of Brahma, who remained uh, celibate. Hmm. And um, they're famous throughout the sacred texts and famous in the Srimad Bhagavatam. One of the ways in which they're famous in Srimad Bhagavatam is that they heard the Bhagavatam from Shankar. Uh, not Shankar. Um, Sankarshan. Hmm? I think it's, it's in the third or fourth canto. I think maybe the fourth canto. They heard the Bhagavatam from Mahasankarshan. That is the beginning of the Nimbarka Sampradaya. Kumaras preside over the Nibarka It's also a Ragmark Sampradaya, centered on Vrindavan and Gopi Bhav, Saki Bhav. So, this is, you know, another part of the Kumaras. The more famous story, uh, the more famous story about them is, is, of course, they're coming to the gates of Baikuntha, offending the, the doorkeepers, um, or being offended by the doorkeepers, as it would seem, and learning about uh, Vaikuntha attaining Shantarasa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here we find that there's another side of them. So these are paradigmatic figures in the Bhagavatam. We shouldn't look at it like say, well, the Kumaras got Shantarasa and then they got Madhurasa. I think I'll take both. Mm-hmm. That's, we have to take what is made available to us. right? And... Um, in some ways, these these figures, these personalities, are used to you know to, to explain important um, truths. So, um, 
Of course, it doesn't mean... Well, anyway, they heard the Bhagavatam from um, Sankarsha. Here, in the Shruti text, they are inquiring from Brahma, and they're eager to know. They ask. Three things they asked him. Who is the supreme deity? They asked their father. Hmm. Who is death afraid of? They asked. Hmm. And what is it that by knowing all things will be known and what makes the world go round? I guess they asked, asked four questions. Hmm. I'm not sure about that fourth question. Let's look it up here. Yeah. What makes the world go round? Um, <laughs> so, uh, this, this, then, so Brahma now begins to uh, respond, right? And he says, he says, Krishna vai paramam daivatam. Krishna is the supreme deity. That is his answer. Govindam mrityur bibeti. Death is afraid of Govinda. Knowing Gopi Janabalaba, one knows everything. Swaha yedam samsarititi. The world goes round. By Swaha makes the world go round. So, the sages then, they inquire further hmm? they want to know who is Krishna who is Gobinda, who is Gopi Janabalaba who is Swaha so they're very eager to know so they, they get some instruction they want to have uh, further um, explanation this is a good quality right eagerness to know and so you know, it's a, something here to comment on for sure um this is these, of course, uh, questions uh, give rise to the uh, answers. Four questions, four answers, and um, and the revelation of the five-fold mantra. It's a five-fold mantra. It has five parts. Brahma Samhita, I should say, gives it six parts by way of dividing swaha into two. Otherwise. Uh, uh, Krishnaya, Govindaya, Gopi Jana, Balabaya, Swaha. Hmm. Krishnaya, one. Govindaya, two. Gopi Jana, three. Balabaya, four. Swaha, five. Or Swaha, two syllables, six. Hmm. But here the Shruti says five. Five divisions. Hmm. The seed is separate. Hmm. That's a separate thing, and that will also be brought up. Hmm. Um, so, Krishna is the supreme deity. This, of course, is obviously the foundational point of Siddhanta for Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Krishna is too, Bhagavan Swayam. So here, in effect, we have it. In if some people say, well, you know, the Bhagavatam says in one line, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, it's 18,000 slokas. You're going to make the whole book revolve around in terms of tattva, this one line. Yes, we are. Read the Krishna Sandarbha. Hmm. It's, uh, that's what the whole book's about and it shows it. 
even where it seems to say the opposite in the Bhagavatam, he shows how it actually means Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam. It's a very masterful treatise, Krishna Sandarbha. Hmm? Um, but uh, it's not the only place it's mentioned. It's mentioned in the Bhagavatam, or excuse me, in, 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 in Brahma Samhita, Govindamadi Purusham, Tamaham Bhajami. It's the hymn, right? In the context of explaining Narayan, Ganesh, Shiva, uh, Durga, hmm? other gods, both Vishnu Tattva and and, uh, and and Devatas and so forth. And, and amongst all of them, they have their place in relation to Govinda, who's the original person. Govinda Madhi Purusham. I mean, that's how the text begins too, right? Anadiradi Govinda Sarvakarana Karanam. Cause of all causes, the supreme, supreme deed. And here we have it in the in the earlier text and in the Shruti means sometimes the, the Shruti is given more uh, credence than in, in, in the Smriti the unauthored sounds hmm? so Krishna is the supreme deity Brahma says this is the Brahma Sampradaya right hmm? and so again the central point of Gaudiya Vaishnavism we explain it primarily from an aesthetic point of view that the bliss of Brahman is one thing um but uh, Krishna is, is rasa personified, rasa vaisaha. Brahman is ultimately rasa, and um, so all the bliss of Brahman and much more is found in Krishna, more so than in Narayan. He has four qualities that Narayan doesn't have, which affords him interaction with devotees that is is not within the scope of the worship of Narayan. And if we look at those types of worship and service. Well, they're arguably more blissful. If we say, as we should, that liberation with a form affords more opportunity for bliss than liberation without a form, which is a kind of a common sense idea. If you're liberated just to sit there with no form, it's one thing. If you can have a form that's liberated, that you can do things that are liberated within, well... It's one thing if you sit at home, you're happy. Another thing if you can go to a party and everything works out, <laughs> right? So, um, so to go with that logic, then to take it to Brudge, you can have a form as a friend, a form as a lover, a form, a form as a parent, and all the implications of that in relation to Brahman. So, from the point of view of, of possibility for Ananda, which is what everyone's living for, then Krishna is the supreme deity. And death is afraid of Govinda, hmm? he says. So, of course, um, to say that death is afraid of Govinda is a, is to make a kind of a strong statement. Hmm? If Govinda can, if the name can can uh, stop death, it's one thing. But death is actually afraid. Death runs away. Hmm? Um, I remember standing next to Prabhupada giving a class. He was giving a class in Los Angeles, and what did he say? Um, oh, yeah. uh, oh, he described it as his Krishna katas. Like uh, I think he was citing a verse from Bhagavatam. So, Deathless nectar, he called it. Wasn't that verse, but the deathless nectar—that's hmm? just kind of wrung 
in my in my ears. Deathless, amrit, right? Hmm. Nectar. Um, so anyway, the point is that what in Braj we have Govinda. Govinda is 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 really a name of of Krishna that um, that is fully understood in Vrindavan, where he's taking care of cows, where he's a um, very earthly. Hmm? Go means earth. Go means cows. Go means Veda. Hmm? The implication is that if you know cows. If you know earth, you will know Veda. Hmm. Of course, if you know that by knowing cows, you can know the Veda, then you can know cows in such a way as to know the Veda. If you know the earth, with that in mind, you know the earth, then you can you can see, you can study nature, for example, and you can see its intricacies, its interconnectedness, how wonderful it is, and in the context of that, you can see that also, one living being is food for another. You can understand it. Hmm? You can see its beauty on the surface and the beautiful message underneath that, that's telling you, get out, it's on fire. That's beautiful too. If someone tells you, your house is on fire, get out, then you, you think that person is very nice. <laughs> hmm? Right? If it's true, then it's true. Right? So, by really... Honest, uh, looking at the environment, you look carefully, you can understand an important point of the Veda. Jivo Jiva Sijibanam. I can't find a happy home here. Right? This is the message of the Veda. So anyway, but, but Krishna in Vrindavan, of course, is, uh, is giving death to death. Right? Because death is coming as the henchman of Kamsa. So many of his assistants he sent to to bring a death to Krishna, that Krishna is bringing a death to death, and they were a little afraid of him. They 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 had to be pumped up a little bit by Kamsa to go. When Bakasur was killed and Vatsasur and Agasur, I don't know. They're my relatives. I do want revenge, but Kamsa had that was the power of Kamsa. Right, he had all those powerful demons under his control, and of course Krishna dealt with him as well. He was the the death looming over the sons of Devaki, and, and the potential of our own death, and that of Vasudevas at the hands of Kamsa was was uh, was considerable, and so forth. So Govinda, he says, he's he, it means also that by taking shelter of Govinda, you don't have to worry about death. You don't have to be worried about that. Rag bhakti, we're not preoccupied with the fact that we, we, we're going to die. That may be a motivation in other schools of Vedanta or even in Vaidhi bhakti. Hmm? But in rag bhakti, dealing with Govinda, then hmm? we don't have to worry about that. We just love Govinda. Hmm? Death's afraid of him. right? Death's afraid of him and Gopi Janabalava. Right? By knowing Gopi Janabalava, one knows everything. So, Gopijana Balaba means Gopijana Balaba. Balaba means the, the the husband of the Gopi people, hmm? the Gopis, husband of the Gopis. So by by knowing Gopijana Balaba, you know everything now. <laughs> now you know all the secrets of Govinda, hmm? even hmm? beyond the fact that death's afraid of him and so forth. 
seeing it personally. Those cowards are seeing him personally, kill death personified. Mm. They become afraid of him. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, and they're witnessing that. But uh, that's not all he's doing. Right? Of course, he's loving them and Sakiras as well, besides slaying the demons that they're the primary principal witnesses to. But um, but he has his, his romantic life. So Gopijana Balaba refers to his romantic life, knowing him that there's nothing left to be known. Hmm? Um, now, these are some explanation of these, these names that are in the dative case in the mantra. And then we come to what makes the world go round is Swaha. Hmm? So, many explanations could come, but the basic explanation worth giving today is that Swaha is that, of course, that which we utter in the sacrifice. When it's your turn to enter the sacrifice, when the priest performs the sacrifice and puts this in and that, and now it's your turn to participate um, uh, kind of symbolically through, for example, putting grains in the fire. Swaha, what are grains? Grains are like the main food on a... Hmm? And that was just, it sustains the life. So I'm giving my life, it means. But the grains are, I'm, I'm giving my life. I'm going into the fire. Hmm? Um, I, I'm on the altar. It's a human sacrifice is what we're performing. Let the world know. Here at Madhavan, they're doing human sacrifices. <laughs> so, swaha, it makes the world go round. In another sense, it means that Giving, well, we say love makes the world go around, right? And love, even materially speaking, is 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 not really just the infatuation, right? But it's the sacrifices that people make for one another, the giving that they give, giving up of their own for the sake of the other, the generousness, and so this is what makes the world go around. So this is very different than the Darwinian idea, right? Darwinian idea is that by one living being is food for another, so you have to conquer, right? Um, but um, but the inner secret is that you be, and I often say this, that you become more by giving. By giving, you become more wholesome, more attractive, more likable. You become. There's, there's two ways that you can become uh, famous in the world: by not giving, or by giving. If you really are not a good giver and you're really a taker or a big assassin like a Hitler or a Stalin, you're going to become famous decade after decade, century after century, as long as there's history, people to record the history. Hmm? That time may be coming to an end. <laughs> but it's uh, another thing. But um, Or the other side, if you're a giver, saintly, hmm? then you become, then, then you live on. So, so, so each one is really about God. Hmm? So either you like God or you don't like God, you become famous. So God is the most famous. Hmm? You become famous by connection with God because he's all famous. If you don't like him hmm? and, you, so, and you act in such a way that would be very contrary to his generousness, kindness, his love for all beings and so forth, then you become famous. Or what do you call it? Infamous. Well known forever, yeah. or the opposite. Hmm. The Gandhis in their own, you know, realm, political realm, 
nationalism, he sacrificed and so forth, your Teresa's and of course higher level, your Shankar's and uh, and Ramanuja's ultimately Sri Mahabharata, the very personification of Sankirtan Yogya, the sacrifice of Sankirtan. Hmm. So that makes the world go round in, in a progressive sense. Hmm. Right? So this is uh his first answer, and uh, so then, then the sages ask, who, who is Krishna? Who is Govinda? Who is Gopijana Balaba? Hmm? So Brahma answers, Krishna is the destroyer of our sins. So this is one of the etymological meanings of, that can be derived from the uh, two syllables, Krishna. Hmm? Krishna, Karshati, attractor. attractor. Hmm? And um, this is from a, from uh, a Lakshan reading of the rather, rather, rather than a grammatical reading, you could come up with this uh, meaning of the word who, de- who destroys sins. Govinda, he says, well, we, we referenced this a little bit earlier, the knower of the cows, the earth, and the Vedas, and who is also known to them. So the cows know Govinda. The earth knows Govinda. The Vedas know Govinda. So by knowing cows, you can know the Veda by knowing Earth. You can. Uh, this is very counterintuitive, perhaps, but we say it sometimes when people are debating about the Rasa Tattva. We tell them, "Go milk a cow. Go try milking a cow. You might get a better answer." So, uh, I mean, much to be said about cows and serving them. One thing about it is, it never ends. Your children can grow up, but. Cows from the beginning to end, they need to be taken care of, and they take care. With the recent passing of Bhumi, who's the original cow in our Gaudiya uh, Sri Chaitanya Sangha, um, Indranuja, who was taking care of her, wrote to me and, and, and listed a number. So I learned so many things from her. Hmm. Mostly affection, he said. I learned from her. So I miss her greatly. Hmm. So you're all here doing Goseva, so you know. There's much to be learned from them mm-hmm. and from the earth. Mm-hmm. Listening to the earth, I'm looking at her not with an eye of exploitation, right? Um, and the Veda. And Gopi Balaba is he who inspires wisdom, Brahma says, and arts of the gopis. Swaha is Maya, his Maya. Mm-hmm. All these taken together are the Param Brahman in his full glory. So when it comes to Swaha, we talked about this last night. What's the next line? Sambhavami. I have janmastami. Sambhavami. Atmamaya. By my Atmamaya. By my, this is where the Gita brings in, at the very onset of speaking theologically about Krishna in brief, in the fourth chapter, before we get to the middle six chapters, where the theology is really um, expounded upon, Krishna is explaining himself, and the first thing he says about himself, practically to Arjuna's inquiry, Atmamaya. I'm known along with my Atmamaya. I come by my Swarup Shakti. Knowing me means you know my Swarup Shakti. And again, that's why Jiva Goswami is made such an extensive argument for, uh, from the scriptures to explain the, 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 the nature of and the, the existence of this Srupa Shakti hmm, along with Bhagavan. They're counter, they're, they're, they're inter, um, 
interrelated, um, inseparable. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brahma says, whoever meditates on him, chants his mantra and worships him, becomes immortal. He becomes immortal. The sages ask, what is his form? How does one relish him? How does one engage in his worship? Please explain those things for we are eager to learn. Eager to learn. Hmm? Brahma says, the golden one, or the text says, the golden one, Brahma answered, that form is dressed as a cowherd, has the color of a cloud, is youthful, and has taken refuge under a desire tree. So he's now giving a visualization of the deity that corresponds with the mantra, who's known by different names, right? Who's known by different names and and is understood to be non-different from those names by approaching those names with swaha, hmm? which means but through sacrifice, through service, he's known. Hmm? So Brahma gives a couple of verses then describing Krishna. So this is a, a kind of a corresponding visualization with the, with the mantra. Now this is relative to what Brahma saw, so at the dawn of creation. Lord Krishna's eyes are like a perfect lotus petals. His bodily color is that of a monsoon cloud. And the garments, his garments are the color of lightning. He has two arms, and his hands and his hands held in the Gyan Mudra. This is what he saw. He's wearing a garland of forest flowers. He's surrounded by coward men, girls and cows, and sits decorated with divine ornaments on a jeweled lotus at the foot of a heavenly tree. He's fanned by pleasant breezes, moistened by spray from the waters of the Kalindi. Anyone who meditates on the Krishna in this way will be liberated from birth and death. So this is something about kind of the beginning instructions and ideas that Brahma received from Krishna and from the chanting of his mantra. Later he gets a further uh, more developed idea of his deity in the Brahma Mohan Leela. Hmm. And Jivakana Goswami, in his own explanation of the mantra, kind of cuts more in that direction. And he says, the visualization that goes with the Gopal mantra is this, I chant this mantra given by my guru that, my, that, my, that, my, that, my, that I may attain um, um, service in the Braj Leela. Because as a Gopa or as a, as, a, as, a, as a gopi, as may be the case. So this is the spirit of the mantra. This is with the mantra, it, where, it, where it takes us. Hmm? Hmm. You can, you know, chant Hare Krishna mantra. There's a lot of different things that can come from that, right? All things can come from that, but this, this go, Diksha mantra is more specific. Hmm? So it seeks to help to focus our chanting of the Maha mantra, which... He gives a conception, as you can see here, of Krishna Nam, Govinda Nam, Gobijanabala, and so forth, right? And spirit, swaha, supplication, and so forth. So, it's, uh, it, Puja Maharaj gave that nice example of the Diksha Mantra being a, a smaller circle within the larger circle of the Nam Mantra. So, Nam reaches out to unqualified people. And gives himself to them even without diksha. People hear the mantra. Sometimes they take up the chanting of of, of the Maha mantra and so forth. Hmm? But as if they chant and they start to 
understand something about the significance, if they're curious enough to pursue it, then they realize, oh, I should be chanting this mantra with the blessings of a guru. Under the guidance of a guru, I should I should hear the mantra from the guru. Hmm? Otherwise, if I avoid the guru in my chanting, there will be no maparad, and I will not get the full fruits. Hmm? I'll be make offense to the name. So, so we come to the guru, and then with the guru, then uh, at his or her discretion, we get diksha. So, if you take the two circles, then the larger circle extends lower. The smaller circle doesn't extend as low, so it re- so when there's more qualification hmm, and understanding and faith based on shraddha, uh, shastriya shraddha, understanding the argument of the scripture and so forth, then then the then the diksha mantra is imparted, hmm? and then its upper end of the circle doesn't go as high as the as the nam unto itself, so it brings us to surupsiddhi. Hmm? city and then enter into the enter into the lila, and the gopis and gopas are not chanting the Govinda mantra, the Gopal mantra there. Although they may chant, they do chant Hari Krishna, Ram Ram Mahabaho, and so forth. So, um, so this is the idea. This mantra is for going to Golok and entering in there as a gopa, as a gopi. Hmm? Furthermore. Prama says, or the text says, with regard to relishing Krishna mantra, dhyan, the kama bij is, okay, so now the, 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 the bija, clean, kama bij is described, is a combination of water, earth, the vowel I, and the moon. So you see, no one can understand that. <laughs> of course, now, what's going on here is a couple of things. Uh, I want to extend our talk too much longer, but Brahma is a here a sadaka. He has two positions. Mm-hmm. The position of Brahma is a type of dasya bhakti. It's called adikritya das. Mm-hmm. So these type of uh, devatas who have huge responsibilities, as they're depicted in the in the scriptures, Indra. Brahma and so forth, they are like partial. Those positions, those positions are like partial manifestations of Krishna. Hmm? So they have inherent power in them, divine power in them to do divine things in relation to the world. Hmm? As much as behind the movements of the world is is the Godhead. So these are uh, features of the world are governed by aspects of of the Godhead. So there's Brahma, there's Indra, and so forth. Hmm. Vayu, and Baruna, and so on. So uh, these are, Rupa Goswami calls this Adi Kritidasa. So they're uh, a form of Dasya. Now, so Brahma is doing that. He's a creator. And you may know uh, that I think, what is it, Brahma Samiti asked for the, for the power to do the work of the creation, and Krishna gave him the mantra. Hmm? He gave him this mantra with the Kama Bija. Hmm? Same time, he he got this mantra, which has a higher reach, which which we've been explaining, right? It takes you to Goloka. We see the Brahma went to Goloka. There he was instructed by Krishna during the Brahma Vimohan Lila. Hmm? 
Vishnu Chakwati Thakwa says at that time, his Vaidhi Bhakti turned into Rag Bhakti. Hmm. In the full scope of his initiation and the mantra was was, was uh, re- revealed to him and then he had to work on that. Hmm. So, and it's, this is very clearly presented in Brahma Samhita also. In Brahma Samhita, he is doing the work of creation and he's pursuing an inner life and using the mantra for both, the Kambija. Particular. So there is a kind of a lower explanation of the mantra and higher explanation, or of the beach. So here we get a lo- lower explanation. It's the moon, it's the eye, it's the... What is it? What did we hear? Um, yeah. Uh, the Kama Beej is the combination, it says, of, of water, earth, the vowel I, and the moon. Hmm. Oh, it's it's. There, and there are other explanations in other texts as well. It's a way of speaking about uh, the 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 extent to which the the kama beach, the desire seed, can function with regard to doing things in this world, or to facilitate fulfill the desire for going to the other world. Hmm? So you can find in some tantras, for example, uh, maybe go to me a tantra. There's an explanation of the kama beach ka. Means Krishna. Hmm? Um, the I means Radha. La means La, Lila. Hmm? Their inner exchange and the Anuswar and the Bindu is their their loving embrace. That's very esoteric. Hmm? But the, the point being, what there's an earthly kind of worldly explanation of the claim, and there's a esoteric spiritual. Explanation of the claim, where it's Radha and Krishna and the, the whole center of the lila of, of of Braj. The point being is that it can work in both ways. So therefore, it facilitated Brahma in his work of creation as an Adidasa, and that work, Adikritadasa, and that work was done in such a way that it also facilitated pursuit of his inner life, which took over at a certain point. It would be the implication. Do you follow? To use a term that Prabhupada often referred to was like dovetailing one's material propensity. So Brahma had a material propensity big time. He had a material duty, an empowered duty. This is the, this, the status, this, 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 the, 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 uh, the uh, what do you call it? The, yeah, the position of Brahma. And the jiva that's entered there could be coming from from different places, from karma, from gyan, from bhakti. Gopakumar was a bhakti. He became a Brahma for some time. So it's possible. Different types of jivas take the position of Brahma. So we've got a special Brahma, the four-headed Brahma, pursuing the ideal of Sakurasa, hmm? as described in Bhagavatam. Hmm? And he had the work of creation to do. So mantra is facilitating him in both ways. And the creation work was also done in such a way to dovetail his material propensity in such a way that it would serve to foster Gonavriti bringing to Mukya Vritti hmm? idea. So these are some things about the fivefold mantra. Uh, I'll give you another example and we'll probably try to close with this. Um, the five parts of the mantra are said to represent what heaven Earth, the sun, the moon, and fire. Huh? 
So, you know, how do you figure that out? So, this is a kind of a coded way also of saying that the mantra represents heaven means Krishnaya. Hmm? Because heaven is the highest abode in this world, so it represents the highest supreme deity, hmm? heaven. The second part of the mantra is, uh, what does I say? I say heaven, earth. Earth is, is uh, Govinda. Go also means earth, right? Cows, earth, bed, as I said. Hmm? And the, um, what's the next uh, part is uh, Gopi, Gopijana means sun, means Radharani is the daughter of the sun. Uh, she's in the sun dynasty. She's every day worshipping the sun god. Vrishabhanu is her father. So, and light, right? Hmm? She's uh, the, the Surup Shakti that sheds light on Govinda. Hmm? Bhargo Devasya. Bhargo Devasya. He is Devasya, playful, Krishna, and Bhargo means light, who sheds light on him. Hmm? From Brahma Gayatri. Bhargo Devasya Dhimahi. Hmm? So, er, heaven, earth, fire, and, and, uh, and the, uh, Balaba, Balabaya, Kupijana, Balaba, hmm? Balabaya as it is in the mantra. That is the Krishna, he's moon, hmm? he's rasa. Moon is the, is the source of taste, it says it's thought and so forth. And Krishna's coming in the moon dynasty and, He's Kalchandra, black moon. <laughs> and um, and then, uh, what's the last one? Swaha is fire. So we have heaven, earth, um, sun, moon, and fire. Five parts of the mantra. Swaha, fire, the sacrifice. Don't, don't avoid, avoid this, this fire with the spirit of sacrifice and service. We shall try to attend to this mantra, who's non-different from Krishna, the form of Krishna himself. So, so getting the mantra means to get Krishna in a in a in a mystical way. That is the essence of Janmashtami. Krishna Janmashtami ki jai. So, what's the time? Okay. So you come and I'll give you the mantra. We ask all the Vaishnavas and Vaishnavis to bless our students that they may progress in the chanting of Gopal Mantra and other related Diksha Mantras of our Sampradaya that I will give to them, as I mentioned, off mic later, and um, some further instructions at that time. Shri Krishna Janamastami ki jai, Shishi Daji Gopal ki jai, Shri Madhavan ki jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi, Hari one chakal patul vyas chakri prasindu vyavatra pati tanam pavani vaishnavi 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 vaishnavi